for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 60 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. He's back! Don't call it a comeback. Well, we got a lot to cover this week, my friend. I'm you ready came for back it. just I'm so excited. In the nick of time. It was like I was coming up out of Maz's castle, and there was fucking First Order everywhere. And then I was like, oh, I'm fucked. And then Will swoops in in his X Wing, and I'm like, that's one hell of a pilot! That's what I'm talking about. That's how good it feels to be back. All right. So, before we get into everything, let's give out the information. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Follow us at blueharvestpod and email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, past that... We love emails. We do. And we've got some good ones this week. Yay. And I actually have a couple from last week that I want to get your input on. Um, but um, I am drawing a blank. How's your week? How you been, buddy? I've been really good. Really I've busy. I'm really, really busy at work. Uh, they're opening another restaurant somewhere off in the distance. And my chef is away doing that. So a lot of oh. my time is into running I got the kitchen you. with my partner. Well, um... So, uh, I have a story to tell real quickly, but now let me give you the agenda for this. I got a funny story to tell you. Then we're going to break down this uh, Rogue One behind the scenes trailer that came out today. I'm excited for that. Then we're going to talk a little bit of celebration news. Today was the first day of Star Wars Celebration Europe, and some cool stuff came out. We'll talk about that. We'll do some emails, and then uh, we'll be on our way. So, funny story. Uh, hold on, let me cut your fucking theme song down a little bit. <laughs> Return of the Mac. I thought it was appropriate, whatever. I appreciate it. Um, it feels so, so good, like I can't describe, it feels so good to be back. So, uh, I had a doctor's appointment this past Wednesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> no big deal, just went in for a checkup and to, uh, to get a new wheelchair through my insurance, I have to get like a doctor's recommendation. No, yeah. I guess so the doctor can still be like, yeah, he's still fucked up and still needs <laughs> one of these. So I went in to do that, right? 
And uh, I just scheduled it as a physical because I haven't been to the doctor in a couple of years. And Jesse's on me about just getting checked out because, I mean, I understand you That's look what at a me. girlfriend does. Well, no, you look at me and you think that dude is days away from death. No. And she, she wants sees you to that make every sure day. That taken care of. You got to take care of yourself. So I set. Because as guys, we tend to be like, oh, nothing's wrong with us. Right. We're fucking Superman. I'm fine. So I set this appointment, right? And I go in and uh, go in and meet the doctor. And he's real old, like 70. Super nice, like soft-spoken guy. And he just talks to me a little bit. And he's like, so do you want like a full physical? And I was like, yeah, why not? I'm here. And he's like, you know, that's blood work and everything. I'm not a fan of that shit. I hate needles. Yeah. So, but whatever. I should probably get it done. Checks my blood pressure, listens to my, my chest and my heart. All the doctor kind of stuff. All the doctor kind of stuff. Asked me a bunch of questions and uh, sends me back to get my blood taken. And uh, on a side note, you know what? If if you are a nurse or a doctor, I know nurses nor- normally handle this. If you see someone with tattoos and they're like, hey, by the way, I don't like needles. Don't go, but what about all the tattoos? <laughs> yeah. It's a completely different thing. It's not helping. You're not helping. You're not helping here. That's not. It's not like I'm going to look down at my tattoos and go... Oh, that's right. These were these were done with needles. <laughs> I shouldn't be afraid of this. It's not like you're looking for a vein to inject something. Right. And taking blood is not as bad as uh, an IV. That's the shit I really hate that really freaks me out. But anyway, I get my blood taken and I go back into the room. And the doctor comes in and he's like, all right, I'm going to come in and do your physical. Put this gown on. I fucking hate those things, man. So I put this gown on. Look like a big shitty christmas present <laughs> sitting on this table right no and he comes in and he has me you know do some reflex stuff because you know my my legs are all fucked up and all that and then he has me stand up and i'm like oh here it comes he's gonna check he's gonna squeeze my nuts check for a hernia and that's exactly what he does and i was like well at least that's over 70 year old man fondled my balls today's off to an awesome start it's for a good cause so he grabs my nuts, and then afterwards, he says, right, well, I'm going to need you to turn around. And, like, you know when someone says something, and it's like the air leaves the room? It's like... <laughs> well, when you just said that, it was like things got a little more serious. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh-oh, this is not going into a good place. So I'm like, what do you need me to turn around for? And, you know, I had that surgery on the back of my leg a yeah. few years back. He's like, well, I want to check your surgery site. Just make sure everything's cool. Right. I was like, okay, that's fine. He's like, and also I'm going to do a prostate exam. <laughs> Drop the fucking doctor mic. That's where it. the air leaves the room. No, th- th- it left before because in my mind I was like, he's trying to finger me. Yeah, he's going to finger He's me. trying to finger bang me. Yeah. So I go, uh, aren't I a little young for that? I'm only 33, right? Don't they tell you to start getting those when you turn 40? Isn't that the, the, the age, right? Yeah. Is that what you said to him? I was like, I, I was like, I'm a little young for that, right? And right. he goes, well, it's part of the full physical, and you don't go to the doctor often, and it's better safe than sorry. Wow. And I was like, well, oh, all right, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Oh, my goodness. So I turn around. No. And I braced myself on this table. Yeah. And this little, sweet little old man, I've been trying to think of a way to describe him. It looks wise. um, And I can't. I can't think of. He looks a little bit like old Bilbo from the Lord of the Rings movies. Not young Bilbo, the guy that played old Bilbo. Okay. 
So shaggy hair and all. So he does it, man. Oh yeah. He goes knuckle deep in my butthole. No, he does not. Yes, he does. He does knuckle deep. I mean, I guess prostate's a little ways up there. Oh, I don't know. She, she, oh, dude. And dude, it was glorious. I mean, awful. No, it was awful. I'm not even gonna try and 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 pretend and be like, oh, you should get it done. It's not that bad. Look, yeah, I guess you should get it done to keep keep yourself healthy. Make sure you don't have butthole cancer. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. Of course you should get checked out. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, you are getting a finger up your butt. Just be prepared. <laughs> oh. And this dude didn't have, like, oh, dainty, goodness. dainty old little fingers. He had, like, the old man fingers that look like a naughty t- tree branch. You know oh, what I'm talking no. about? I can't, just, I can't even. Whoop. Right no. up there. Dug around a little bit. It felt, I mean, I'm sure it was a couple seconds. That sounds It awful, felt like also. an eternity. It sounds awful. And we need so, to find something else to talk about. <laughs> so so that was my doctor's appointment. That You want to know why I don't go to the doctor? Because weird shit like that happens at the <laughs> doctor, my friend. Yeah. Weird shit like that. That sounds awful. Uh, I was not a fan. <laughs> oh. That is, you know, who knows? Like, maybe I would have liked it. And I've been like, hey, now this is something I can incorporate into my daily life. It's nope. for your health. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yep, yep. So, in case the listeners were wondering, my butthole checks out fine. <laughs> it's good to know. <clears throat> so, do you have any um, interesting stories over the last couple of weeks involving someone violating your butthole? I've got nothing in store for you there. Okay. Well, um, then, since that is the case, do you want to just go ahead and jump right into this here Rogue One behind the... I'm antsy, because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, let's see it. Okay. Why don't you hit that light behind you? Really? Yeah, let's get a... The theatrical presentation. Yeah. If this is good enough, we may have to pause it and move in and watch it on the big screen. All right. Hold on one second. Here we go. you always have as a kid everywhere is an amazing shot an amazing character oh it's that droid oh check out Joe. the mon- Did you see the a different it's colored mon- the humanity mon- of it yes which look at that just makes the whole thing oh warwick, so real. warwick davis that's cool ready and action well, your heart's beating and you're actually in oh, this situation dude look at that that tape trooper very genuine that you couldn't have planned you'll actually compose shots that if we were on a green screen set you just wouldn't have known were available the pressure's so high like we're making a film that's oh, right shit. touching my favorite movie oh is that Tarkin? but then if you're too respectful you of it that you didn't do anything new or different take a risk then what are you bringing to the table Stolen data tapes. Blasters. There's a lot of explosions. Dad! 
Film crew like this really comes into their own. That kid, when you were four years old, grew up with Star Wars figures. It's a bit like just being that kid again. You're sort of going like. Arr, arr, arr. This is going to be awesome, boss. Uh, yeah. This is going to be unlike any Star Wars movie you have ever seen. You just did the Jedi mind trick hand in front of my face when, when you said that. I did not intend to. I no, no. No, no, I'm not getting on to you. Oh, man, that shit looked pretty cool. Okay. First off, I think I still would have preferred a trailer. But we got some, we got some new footage in there. And that's, right. I mean, a trailer would have been nice. But beggars so, can't be choosers. First things that stands out to and you, this go. This was really awesome. I mean, just the the level of explosions and action yeah, scenes yeah. and the use of Tie Fighters and X Wings. Like I guarantee, you know, you're going to see all of that. I assume. Yeah. Digitally. Well, I don't know. Well, I think it'll probably be sort of like uh, the Force Awakens did, where if someone is in a Tie Fighter or an X Wing. Like, that's a real built cockpit or maybe even full-size ship. Right. But I think in the actual dogfights and stuff, they'll be digital. It'll probably just be just like The Force Awakens. Something that stood out to me is that fucking trooper that's in the top of the tank. Man, that's a badass-looking trooper. Oh, man. Um, Shit, I don't know. I'm a little overwhelmed. Um. I think I saw Tarkin in one scene. Yeah. It I know the been... scene you're talking about with the guy the, yeah. white, the guy in the white cape. Director Krennic. Director Krennic? Yeah, he showed up at the panel. So I watched the whole panel except for this video today, which was tough because they showed it like three times during the video. <laughs> and you the turned panel. it off? Yeah, fuck yeah. Dude, that's awesome of you. Like, that's we made cool a that fucking we pact. This together. We did. Um, I wonder what these two weapons are she has on her back. Yeah, I know. I saw that. They looked... That's cool. Um, so the guy, Ben Mendelsohn, that plays director Krennic came out in full costume for the panel with what? the death troops behind him and in, stuff with the cape, the cape and everything. Um, it was pretty fucking awesome. The fact that Warwick Davis in it. Yeah, man. Incredible. I think if, if Warwick Davis is available, you put him in any fucking Star Wars movie. You yeah. Can. Why not? He was wicked. The Ewok, my friend. He's a good actor. Yeah, they're oh shit, we missed it. So I've been replaying it just on silent. Willow is good. Willow is good. Let's get it. Oh my god, look at him. Yeah, he's badass. I don't know what the. I don't it's know like if this the, is the. So you know the sort of sand colored new trooper. Yeah, that's called a, a shore trooper. I don't know if this is the same thing. The helmet is a little similar. But the visor with the blast shield, that may be my new favorite trooper. <laughs> There's something about that trooper that I dig a whole lot. Yeah. The helmet is incredibly neat. 
Yes, it is. I mean, you know, it all it comes down to the helmet for me, man. Yeah, like the helmet is where it's at. Um, I don't know if we saw anything of like super like oh crazy shit story moments in this, but just lots of cool stuff. I dig seeing those classic stormtroopers back. Um, here we go. Here we go. So this scene where Director Krennic is on the Death Star, I assume, or maybe a Star Destroyer. Right. And he's walking up to the window. Yeah. Is that, get a good look at this guy. He looks, the hair at least looks a little Tarkinish to me. I see what you're talking about. You would think that, I mean, it's going to be tough because Peter Cushing is no longer with us, but you got to think if there's a story moment to at least have a Tarkin cameo of some sort, you do it. Oh, I don't know. Man, I hope that's Tarkin. Maybe you just get someone like him to stand in the background. Yeah, yeah, almost in an episode three kind of way. Right. But maybe you just get someone that sort of looks like him. This is cool. This is cool right here, this scene. So Making Star Wars had a story uh, maybe about a month ago that they built this special rig, right, for the flying sequences. Right. And projected the scenery onto this screen. So, like... You see what I'm saying? So, like, when they're filming it, like, outside of the windows, this shit is actually going by. It's kind of like a a modern version of what they used to do in, like, the old Alfred Hitchcock movies, where they would project, you know, the stuff behind someone that was driving a fake car to make it look like they were going down the road and stuff. Right. Man, I like that. I like that they're doing some, some cool shit like that. Um. Oh, here, okay, so they're running, her and Diego run, Luna are running. See this hard drive-looking thing in her hand? Yeah. I bet you that's the goddamn Death Star plans. You think so? Yeah. They've stolen them? Well, you know, uh, they refer to them as data tapes. In the stolen data tapes. Yeah, they refer to them as data tapes in A New Hope. And that, like, if you told me, oh, those are data tapes, that looks like some motherfucking data tapes to me. Is that what Princess Leia put inside R2-D2? Well, that was like a credit card size thing, right? Like it was it was much smaller. I don't know. It was much smaller, so maybe she just uh, takes this hard drive, transfers it all to her Star Wars USB drive, and sticks that in the fucking R2. I have no idea how that works. I wonder if we're going to see Leia. You would think you would have to, to, mm-hmm. to completely wrap up mm-hmm. how the plans came to be with Leia. It makes me wonder how they're going to approach that as a recast, as a sort of an Ant-Man Civil War type thing. You know what I'm talking about where you saw Michael Douglas as a young man in Ant-Man? Yeah. Because <coughs> um, that is becoming more widely used. Like I think the first time I remember, I'm sure it's been done before that, was um, Tron 2. They did Tron that. Tron 2, they did it in one of the X-Men movies. Oh, they did, didn't they? And it didn't, it was not very effective in the X-Men movie. It was amazing to see. Yeah, like, it was like, yeah, but is it, it was, we're talking that wasn't like reality, but like 14 years later or something. Yeah. I love these quick, quick shots of, of all, all the, the and her in the rain, eyes. that is a cool shot yeah. too. Running in the jungle. I'm sure that's, so last week we got word that this planet right here, this beach type planet, right. is a planet called Scarif. Scarif. And this planet is where the construction of the Death Star was finished. So it started on Geonosis and then moved to Scarif. We know it was started on Geonosis because in an episode of Rebels, 
they go to Geonosis, and there's these huge like orbital construction platforms there. Right. But there's there's no Death Star, so it's moved on. Um, and so this place, I'm sure, is probably where the finale of the film is. It's where you see the AT-ATs and stuff. It's apparently massively guarded. It's got shields, kind of like the Forest Moon of Endor. Yeah. It's got um, it's got like a massive docking station in the atmosphere where, that can hold several star destroyers. So it sounds like it's a pretty pretty hard place to breach. Yeah. Um, Geonosis is what we're talking about. No, Scarif. Scarif. Um, I like this shot. The stormtroopers walking in the water. Man, that can't be easy. Being in that full stormtrooper gear, walking in shin high water. No, that seems like it would be awful. Why would you not be flying around on some sort of skiff? I don't know. Maybe they're just a because they don't seem too concerned. Maybe it's just like a uh, oh, this guy, this little alien guy. Yeah, he's oh. hilarious. I can't wait to see more about this guy. Jesse Ooh. must have just gotten home. Dharma's losing her shit. Yeah. Um. And uh, he looks... Uh, I wonder if that's who Warwick Davis is playing. That would be cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> I wonder if this is a completed shot. No, because the camera's there. So I guess that is practical. That's not a, a CGI character. They showed um, a brief clip during the panel of Alan Tudyk's character, K2SO. Right. The big droid. The droid. And like, she hands him this pack. And it's like, you know, yo, carry this. And he just drops it. Like, no, fuck you. I'm not carrying your shit. Wow. Um, but the, it looked like they had completed CG for that shot. So, um, man, this shit's going to be crazy. Lots of explosions in this behind the scenes trailer. You are right. This guy getting into the X-Wing. I like that dude. Oh, I skipped it. He's so stoked to be getting in that X-Wing. Yeah. That would be me. I would be too. I would be fucking stoked, stoked. Can you imagine the amount of joy just to be making a Star Wars movie? A Star Wars war movie. Are you kidding yeah. me? This shit is going to be fantastic. That's just what I'm excited about. I do like the may the force be with us line at the end of that thing. Absolutely. I think she's going to be good. She's going to be great. Uh, I think she's going to be, whereas Ray was more of a... Luke Skywalker type, I think we're looking at more of like a Han Solo type with this this young lady. Yep. I'll tell you what, she would not let a doctor put a finger up her butthole. Oh, you had to bring it back to that. I, I've got PTSD about Dude, it, man. It, it makes everything sad. It makes like, everything sad. Oh, in me, like, I'm just <laughs> sad for you. Like, I'm so sorry, dude. That's awful. All right. Let's see. Did you notice anything else? Like, I'm trying to... Th oh, there, that's an X-Wing in the background. I didn't notice that before. I love this droid coming back. I don't I know. know what they're called, but it's like... I always... When I was a kid, I called it an insect droid because it's got the big, like, insect eyes. It and does. Yeah, that's perfect Silver and stuff. Um, handing a kid some fruit. I wonder if that's Yogan fruit. What is Yogan fruit? That's something from Rebels. Oh. They did a sort of goofy episode where they had to go find some Yogan fruit. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, you didn't miss too much. It's not. It's definitely not one when uh, the full series of Rebels is out. That's going to be in like my top ten. Or I anything. really like Jen's character. She seems yeah. optimistic 
and like sassy. Yeah. Like real sassy. I like that. <clears throat> it looks like we got, uh, you know, the Yavin Temple going on. Man, I like that rig so much where they're projecting like the the thing on the big screen. Yeah. Dude's flying around everywhere. I like their blasters. I said yeah. that before, but like when they're running with what might be the data tapes. So, uh, other stuff that came out during the panel, we'll break that down real quick. Um, so the whole cast was there, along with John Knoll, Kathleen Kennedy, and Gareth Edwards, and Kiri Hart, and um, Donnie Yen, who plays Chirut, the blind guy with the staff. Yeah. We've known since the Entertainment Weekly stuff that he's a, he's not a Jedi, but he's a believer in the Force. Right. Well, apparently he and Baze, uh, who's played by Zhang Wang, I think. I don't want to say the guy's name wrong. Really? I think that's it. Um, but uh, he plays Baze. He's the guy with the longer hair and the, like, the big heavy weapons. Right. And they're buddies. Like, we got that from the Entertainment Weekly stuff. Yeah. Apparently, they're on a pilgrimage to a planet called Jeddah. J-E-D-H-A. And Gareth Edwards described this planet as, like, the equivalent of a Jerusalem or a Mecca for people who believe in the Force. So they're on this pil- pilgrimage to some planet that's... It's like a Force holy planet? Yeah, something like that, like, important to the Jedi or the Force. Um, so that that information makes me think that Chirrut might be part of that whole Church of the Force thing even more. Right. And it's interesting that there's another holy, sort of, quote-unquote, holy site besides Octu, where Luke is at the end of The Force Awakens. Right. Like, maybe this is even... Is Octu a holy place for the Force? I don't since know. Since it's where the first Jedi Temple was? You would think that it would be, right? I don't know. <laughs> um, what if this Jedi place predates the Jedi? Like, what if it's a place where people were sort of first tapping into the Force before they even formed the Jedi Order. Right. Oh, That would be cool. I like ancient Star Wars history. That would be awesome. Oh. Um, what else came out during the panel? You know, there's a lot of sort of just general chat and stuff. One thing, Riz Ahmed, who plays Bodhi Rook, the pilot. Yes. He, you know, it was a question in some of the pictures. Uh, he's got an Imperial Signal sign on his flight suit. So everybody's wondering, like, how is he part of these this Rebels? Is he, like, undercover? Well, apparently, no, he is a pilot for the Empire. He, like, takes commissions from the Empire. And I guess he's uh, on an occupied planet and decides, fuck this. Fuck this. I don't want to be part of this. And joins up with the Rebels. Um, oh, another cool thing that came out in the panel is they showed a picture of George Lucas visiting the set one day. Like, sitting next to Gareth Edwards while he's filming. That's awesome. I love that, man. Like, I like that even though the dude is doesn't really have any say in it anymore, he still stops by. And I love that they include him because they should. They should. They should include him and as get much his as blessing. He, like, if you're not doing it right, George wouldn't appreciate it. Like, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. I respect that. One thing that I think is really neat, or not really neat, but just think about this. You're Gareth Edwards. This is your third film. Right. He did Monsters and he did Godzilla before this. Granted, Godzilla is a big deal. It was a high-budget movie. You know what I'm saying? 
had Brian Cranston in it. Right. It was a movie that uh, is based off of a, you know, a popular figure in pop culture. But now you're on Star Wars. The pressure is already there enough. Well, one day, who comes to set? Motherfucking George Lucas. Uncle George Lucas. Like, that has the possibility either being the best day on set or the or worst. Or the worst day. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> the fucking pressure of having George Lucas there is fucking rough. Um, another thing, um, so John Knoll, he's the chief creative officer at ILM. I believe that's his title. He's also one of the creators of Photoshop, wow. if you didn't know that. Um, he is the guy that came up with the original story for this. He's like an executive producer on it. Um, he said that he came up with the story during the development of the Star Wars live action show that never happened. Oh. Apparently, he was hearing about this and decided that he was going to come up with this sort of idea about how, you know, it says in the opening crawl of A New Hope, rebel fighters uh, striking out from a hidden base have won their first battle against the Empire and have gotten the plans to the Death Star, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So he started coming up with the story behind those few lines in the crawl. Right. And once he heard where they were going with the live action show, realized it didn't really fit in. But then when Disney bought Star Wars and Lucasfilm, he he pitched it to them, and that's how this movie came about. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad that it did because it could have never been made. The thing that uh, there was one sort of thing. Um, so the guy that plays Baze, uh, English is not his first language. Right. And so, you know, they had a little section where he was talking to the crowd and he was like, you know, um, you know, sorry, my English isn't that great, but I'll say what I can. Uh, Baze is friends with Chirut and uh, he's got a huge gun. He really stressed the fact that he's got a huge gun. And he also sort of spoiled something. And when it happened, it was so, like, I just felt bad for the dude. Because, you know, he didn't do it on purpose, right? Yeah. Like, he was just talking. Uh, but when it happened, Alan Tudyk, the guy, you know, from Firefly that's playing K2SO. Yeah. He, like, shakes his head real quick and then ducks down. Like, you can tell he's like, oh, shit, no, don't say that. And, like, I hope people don't give that dude. Like, I hope afterwards Kathleen Kennedy didn't chew that dude out or something. She doesn't seem like the type. Yeah. But, I, you know, like, it was an honest mistake. You don't want that to happen to that guy. Like, no. He made an honest mistake. Um, And then, <clears throat> let me see. Oh, K2SO. K2SO apparently is a droid that Diego Luna's character, Captain Cassian Andor, captured and rewrote. Like, he wiped him and rewrote his programming. But he didn't do it, like, completely or something. So... Like, K2SO is uh, a bit of a, uh, I don't want to dick is not the right word, but he's like. He's unpleasant. He does not give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, he like he's there to do his, his shit, but, like, he's not going to get bossed around and stuff. Like I told you in that clip, they hand him this pack, and he just drops it. Like, fuck this. I'm not going to carry this for you people. Yeah. <clears throat> You're not going to boss me around just because I'm a droid. He but, has a personality, like yes. an intelligence, yes. an awareness. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even the droids do. C three C three PO and R two D two have awareness. 
Yeah. Well, uh, you know what it honestly reminds me about? I don't think he's going to be as bloodthirsty as this character, but do you remember HK-47 from Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah. The yeah, assassin's yeah, yeah. Dro- assassin droid? Right. And he's kind of like, he's a sassy droid. He is. But like he, he's also like super bloodthirsty. I didn't get the impression that that's what they're going, like the bloodthirsty part at least. Right. Um. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, they talked a little more about Vader. Uh, oh, so here's the thing. At the end of the panel, they showed the that clip again, but that's not what the people at Celebration saw. The people at Celebration saw a trailer. They saw an actual trailer, and it was about 60 seconds, about a minute. Oh. I honestly don't think it's anything we're ever going to get. Like yeah. stuff in that will probably be incorporated into the next real trailer. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but apparently the last shot is like like a polished Death Star floor or, or um, Star Destroyer floor. And you can see Vader's reflection in it. And it like starts zooming in and you hear him breathe. Oh. And then it cut out. That'd be incredible. That's what I want to see. I know, man. But so... At first, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was pretty bummed. Right. I was like, "What? We don't get to see that trailer." But you know, all these people went through <laughs> everything to actually go to celebration and stuff, and eh, I think it's kind of cool that they got a little something special. You know what I'm saying? We w- it's not like we're never gonna see that footage. We'll see it in trailers and the final movie and stuff. Yeah, there'll be a trailer that comes out like. On TV, closer to when the movie's going to come out. Well, yeah, and there'll be another full-length theatrical trailer, if not two. It just sucks. Like, I, I would like to see that. But yeah, that'd be incredible. You think somebody will put it on YouTube? I'm pretty sure it's that already record. on YouTube, but yeah. I'm not going to watch that in some shitty quality filmed off of a cell phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I see that, I want to see it in, in decent quality. The real deal. Yeah. Um, well, they had a, a special on ABC tonight. <laughs> that was um, Secrets Behind the Force Awakens. And it was basically just the making of documentary from the Blu-ray. Yeah. But in the description, it said the debut of a three-minute Rogue One trailer. And that's how we all knew that something was coming this Friday. This happened like last week or the week before, right? Like the listings started showing up. Yeah. Well, that three-minute thing turned out to be the behind the scenes. A lot of people were wondering if once that show came on tonight, that if it would be this behind the scenes or they would show that trailer that everybody saw at Celebration. Right. They didn't. It was the behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah. So, Which was still pretty good. Oh, I mean, I love that making of Force Awakens documentary. I could have watched six hours of it. Um, but... Um, that's all I can really think of that was sort of revealed or talked about in the panel. Um, you know, just, it was your typical celebration shindig. Hey, this is the new movie. Get, get hyped up for it. Um, Alan Tudyk said shit during the panel. Did he really? Yeah. Apparently (coughs) he saw Anthony Daniels at some sort of party or some sort of get together and he went up to Anthony Daniels and was like, hey, uh, you know, I know you don't know me, but I'm going to be the new droid in Rogue One, the spinoff movie. And Anthony Daniels said, uh, are you in a suit or are you CG? 
and he said, I'm CG. And Anthony Daniels said, you little shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anthony Daniels can be a little sassy himself sometimes. I guess he can. He had the hard life, I guess, is what he thinks. Hey, I can't say that he didn't. I'm sure being screwed into that C-3PO suit in the hot Tunisian desert. Oh, my God, right? That can't be fucking comfortable, you know? And he is it not a young It doesn't seem like it buck. would be. No. Um, so How many of those did he actually get into the suit for in the first three? In the prequels? Right. I mean, they definitely used... Uh, a CG C-3PO in some parts in those movies, but he was in the suit as well in all three of those. Because I knew he was in the suit, I just wanted, to, I wondered how much. I don't know how much. I can't much. imagine a lot in that whole factory scene. And uh, I don't think he was in the suit at all during that, or even the definitely not the fucking battle of Geonosis, because his head's on a battle droid the whole time, right? Or exactly damn near the whole time. Um. And apparently at Star Tours, there's a CG, like C-3PO's in that, and he does the voice, but it was CG as well. Right. But he was definitely in the suit for The Force Awakens. I'm pretty sure at no point in The Force Awakens was he CG. It wouldn't make much sense, like, given the scenes he was in and stuff, for him to be Absolutely. CG. Um, so do you want to talk about... Um, the other panel of note. That, well, there was two other. I'm sure there were others of note, but just the ones news is coming out of. There was um, the Mark Hamill panel, and apparently he was doing dialogue looping that day. And he said that there's going to be, that Luke has some awesome lines, basically. He was like, it's going to blow people away, and it's going to outdo May the Force Be With You. He's like, there's some catchphrases in episode eight that are going to, Oh, no. And I was like, fuck, yeah. I love a good fucking catchphrase. Um, I don't know if this was during the panel or if this was during some sort of interview, but apparently when he was first reading the episode seven script, he kept wondering when he was going to show up, right? And he was convinced when he got to the part where the the saber is in the snow and it flies by that it was going to be him that caught it coming to save the day. Yeah. But, you know, it turned out to be Ray and stuff. Um, and then the other panel um, that I found really interesting was the Untold Stories of Ahsoka panel with Dave Filoni, Pablo Hildago, Hildago and Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. Or is it Eckstein? I don't know. Um, she has, She produces Star Wars fashion line. Yeah, her universe. Yes. Um Jesse's not really a fan of some of it. Yeah. I tried to convince her to get some Star Wars. I was like, you could get some her universe. And she's like, mm, not really my thing. Yeah. I, um, I really don't, you know, I don't know much about fashion. She's got Star Wars. It's not because I don't like Star Wars fashion. I, I didn't. don't think it's good. Okay. I understand. That's, I That's a respectable that. opinion. She's got some Star Wars underpants. That's um, nice. Yes, you do. She's got lots of t-shirts. Um, I lost my train of thought thinking about Jesse and Ashley Star Wars. Actually, I think is where it came from. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, they they basically detailed three or so arcs from the Clone Wars that featured Ahsoka. 
that um, didn't get produced because, you know, it got canceled. Oh. Um, the first one apparently dealt with Ahsoka shortly after she left the Jedi Order and she was just hanging out on Coruscant. Coruscant? I Make me a fucking planet I can say easily. Right. I'm a fucking marble mouth. Coruscant. Coruscant. Uh, She's on Coruscant, right? And uh, ends up going like into 1313, like the level 1313. Like, because, you know, Coruscant is, is in tears and it gets sort of shadier the lower you go. Right. Well, basically, this story ended up with her on the base level going to a Sith temple that is directly below. The Jedi Temple. The Jedi Temple is basically built way on top of an ancient Sith Temple. Really? That's sort of at the base of the planet. That is a piece of information that's been coming out in canon, like, more recently. So it it seems like that was an idea even back during Clone Wars that just sort of stuck around. But she ends up running into basically Darth Sidious down there. And she's trying to keep him from getting this Sith holocron in there. And, like, there's a scene where she's fusing a door together using her lightsaber, and he's shooting lightning through the crack in the door at her and stuff. Right. Um, That's awesome. That's all that I really recall from that arc. The next arc um, that they talked about was, I guess there was going to be this arc where she sort of had this thing with this sort of Han Solo type of smuggler guy. I think that was all related to the 1313 stuff, too. Um, but eventually the stuff that was really interesting to me was the whole Mandalore arc that they had planned for her. Um, apparently they were, um, going, she was going to team up with Bo-Katan, the female Mandalorian from the Clone Wars, and they were going to team up to go and take Mandalore back from Darth Maul. Because, you know, the last time you see Darth Maul, he's taken over Mandalore. Mandalore. Right? And he's got the Darksaber and stuff. They want to liberate it. Yeah. So they're going to liberate Mandalore from Darth Maul. And Anakin and Obi-Wan show up to help. Oh, cool. Anakin and Ahsoka have this moment where he, like, pulls her aside and he's like, look, I'm proud of you. Oh, dude. I know you left the Jedi Order, but I'm I'm proud of you nonetheless. And then right you know, as they're getting ready for this battle, Yoda calls. What? Yeah, and he says, look, Anakin and Obi-Wan, you need to get your ass back here because Coruscant, uh, Coruscant, Coruscant. 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 I, I don't can't know. say that I'm tonight. Not the, I'm not the it's planet police. I, I'm, I'm just having trouble with that one today for some reason. Um, Coruscant is under siege and the Chancellor has been kidnapped. So basically, you know, the events... Get in your starfighters. Yeah, that start off the Revenge of the Sith. So they got to go. But before they go, Anakin presents Ahsoka with like half of the 501st, including Rex. And instead of being all like white and blue like his clone troopers normally are, they've been repainted into Ahsoka's like color scheme. So they're orange and, and shit. And they've got like the markings she has on her head tails or whatever on their armor and stuff. Right. So they help her. And I assume they go and liberate Chorus, uh, Mandalore, rather. And then the last one that they were talking about was basically that how awesome how she survived Order sixty six, and um, they were going to be on this planet. It was sort of 
abstract. Um, I don't know if this was ever planned to be an episode or if this was just stuff that they sort of sketched out to have the backstory, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, you know, her clones were going to turn on her and stuff. And um, when they did, she was going to be in this forest. And um, the tree, what people thought were trees were actually the legs on these giant, crazy wolf creatures. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they all, like, turn on the troops and keep her from getting killed. I don't know. It was sort of abstract. I can't really explain it that well. But it looked cool. Ahsoka riding on this giant, like, long-legged wolf. I think Ahsoka's a really cool character. and like Me too. It's sad that we didn't get more from her, so it's interesting to know that those were out there. Yeah. And they've got a book coming out, and Dave Filoni said that because of the fan reaction, that he's not exactly sure that we won't be seeing Ahsoka in Rebels again. But he didn't necessarily say it would be in a big way or anything. So it seems like there could be some more Ahsoka stuff coming. The fact that she was Anakin's first Padawan is really important. And how how we get around to the point where there are no more Jedi and what happens to her is a story that has to be told at some point or explained, I think. Yeah. I, a little more, I don't know. I would like to see it animated or or something more so than in a book or a comic, just because I prefer that, you know? Right. But I'll take anything I can get. I'm excited about that Ahsoka book. I think that comes out in August or September, maybe. Um, <clears throat> but that's really the main stuff I sort of walked away with from the episode, or the Star Wars celebration coverage from today. They showed some other stuff, like Jen Urso's Black Series figure. They showed that at the panel, and and showed it off at a celebration. And um, I'm trying to think of what else. I can't really think of anything else. I know the Rebels panel and three episode. I think they're showing two or three episodes of next season. Um, I think that's tomorrow. So there'll be some big stuff out of there that we can talk about next week. Um, we got a, a, a little clip of Rebel season three. Um, this week and Ezra has like a new haircut like he's got like a buzzed head nice. and he's using a new lightsaber he's using a green one. Oh, that's cool that looks like it was hard for me to get a look at the hilt but it looks like it's more sort of um, a new hope obi-wan slash uh, return of the jedi luke styled of a hilt right it's more in that that vein um, but that's cool I like how Rebels does that in between season. Like, the characters never look the same from season to season. Right. They so evolve. Like that. But it looks like Ezra looks a good bit older. So it looks like there's a decent amount of time that passes in between um, season two and three. So that'll be interesting. It will. But I think that's about it for news and stuff. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about that? behind the scenes clip we watched i just thought it was awesome it really really made me like jen's character yeah it really made me excited for the movie in general and what it's gonna do for star wars and how many more movies great star wars movies are going to be able to be made because this movie was good i hope it does gangbusters at the box office you and me both i don't think it's gonna do um fucking the force awakens numbers i mean that would be tough you know what i mean 
Force Awakens numbers would be hard. But I hope it does really well. Um, so do you want to get into some emails? Of course. Okay. So last week we had a couple of emails that I wanted to get your uh, input on. First one um, was from Joe. And he wanted to know if you could cross any characters from different Star Wars eras, say prequel and original trilogy, like who would you like to see meet? Someone that hasn't met yet. You know what I'm saying? I said any Jedi meeting Kylo Ren because they would wipe the fucking floor with Kylo Ren. <laughs> Basically anybody who's ever used a lightsaber leading up to Kylo Ren. Oh, would, I don't know. Uh, whip his ass. Um, I also said I'd like to see BB-8 hanging out with Ewoks. Um, well, think on that for a second. I'll give I, you a second. Yeah, you caught me off guard. And the other one was if you had any embarrassing Star Wars stories. Oh, I probably have several. <laughs> okay. Well, think on those. And I've got two emails from other listeners Okay. Who wrote in with their embarrassing Star Wars stories. So, um, here I don't we go. Have any, yeah, let's, let's. So, uh, while I read these, you can think on those other questions yeah. real quick. First one is from our buddy Richie. Halls, I have to tell you a quick amusing wheelchair story. After some of the things you said on the last show with Jesse. A good friend of mine is in his early 50s, in a wheelchair, and has a smoking hot wife who is still under 30. So ignore the weirdos, bro. He's, he tells his close friends about his experience in the hospital after a motorcycle accident, which took the use of his legs from him. He said that several months after the accident, he woke up with morning wood, and as he puts it, I got my first boner, and that's when I knew it was all going to be okay. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of dude. His dick works, too. I've been getting a lot of Twitter feedback about the fact that my dick works. So oh, wow. I'm glad to reassure all you guys out there. <laughs> now wow. on to my embarrassing Star Wars story. When I was in college at Boston University, I used to bang this local chick who went to Harvard. I was about 20 at the time, and she had mentioned to me that natalie portman was in her chemistry lecture to top it all off she lived down the hall i kept the relationship going for far too long in the hopes of meeting natalie and sweeping her off her feet oh. in the mid of an overconfident in the mind of an overconfident 20 year old all i had to do was meet her and that would be that i was a little overconfident at the time and i was kind of a grosso junior i was a big juice head at the time and drove around in a muscle car what's a juice head like likes to work out a lot. And oh, does that mean he was on? Um, possibly I'm steroids. Not There's no, you know, you never know. Isn't that what juice head means? I mean, Richie, yeah. if you were on steroids, did it shriek your nuts? Let me know. Inquiring minds want to know. Hey, Haas's mind wants to know. <laughs> hey, I got fondled by an old doctor this week. I, I'm in a, I'm in a we real weird place, guys. I hate to say it, but you got more than fondled. Yeah, I got finger banged. I think I fancied myself as a sort of Vin Diesel or some shit. So in my mind, all I had to do was stroll out into the hallway naked if I saw Natalie walk by. That's assault, brother. Yep. Apparently, I asked too many questions about Natalie because my Harvard chick caught on. I must have spent too much time peeking out into the hallway to catch a glimpse as well. When she found out, she asked, Do you actually think you're going to meet Natalie Portman? I answered honestly, and she ended the, ended the relationship. 
No Natalie, no Harvard chick, and nothing to show for my efforts. O to B20 again, Richie from Boston. Oh, wow. So, you know, Richie dabbled in a little light stalking (laughs) as a young man. I don't know how light that is, but... uh... That's light. Oh, he wasn't kidding. actually like sneaking up behind her and smelling her hair kidding. or no, no, sending no. her fucking pig hearts in a box. I don't know what stalkers do. He was looking for her in the halls. He's 20. That's what happens. Yeah. I like that story, though. Yeah. I dated this chick I like the because m- she went to school with Natalie Portman. I get this mental image. I mean, like, that's totally the mind of a 20-year-old dude. Most 20-year-old dudes. At 20, I would have been like, I don't deserve to look at Natalie Portman in person. That's ridiculous. I'm going to go into my room and play EverQuest. No, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. What music were you listening to then? Same shit I listen to now. Like? Little Tool. Little Tool, Little little, Corn. Yeah. Little, you know, stuff people like to make fun of. Whatever. That kind of stuff. People with dark rimmed glasses and and heavy opinions on Who cares vinyl. what anybody says? Oh, I don't. It's just, uh, you know, apparently I don't have the greatest taste in things sometimes because a lot of stuff I really like, say, uh, some of the music, um, the prequels, the prequels um, and the ending of Lost and the ending of Mass Effect 3. Like, I like all those things a whole lot and that <laughs> shit gets hated on. So I... You know, it's cool. I'm a guy with not so great I mean, just so because tests. there's a hipster culture in the internet, that shouldn't mean anything. And just because, you know, people on mass media think that their opinion matters way more than it does. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You, there has been a lot of that going around this week. Thankfully, Star Wars Celebration has sort of calmed that down a yeah. little bit. That's what people are focusing on and just being stoked. That's what I like to read on Twitter. People being stoked about Star Wars, not fucking... Angry opinions of other things. Um, so my next email is another Star Wars embarrassing story. And this is from a Jonathan. Hello, Will Halls and guests of Blue Harvest Podcast. I just want to say I really enjoy the podcast. I discovered Blue Harvest through Rogue One, and it's quickly becoming one of my favorite Star Wars podcasts. Well, thank you for listening. Now on to my embarrassing Star Wars moment about an asshole history teacher I had back in 8th grade trying to shame me for my love of Star Wars. I should set up the timeline. This reminds me of one of my... Reading this, I just had a flashback to one of my embarrassing Star Wars stories. I'll share it after this. I can't believe I didn't think of this last week. Maybe I was too thrown off by Jesse talking about my dick. It just takes it back. It takes it way back. I should set up the timeline of this tale so you can appreciate my situation the year was 1987 aka the dark times for star wars fandom this was just prior to the release of the west end games source books so really the only star wars stuff out there were the novelizations of the three movies and the marvel comics that pretty much wrapped up in 86 i used to love those west end games books I think I don't think I got a set of those until maybe the second or third edition. Right. I know the cover was like sort of blue and it had Darth Vader's helmet in in front of like a star field on it. Yeah. But the artwork inside like just lit my mind up because it was all great. Like some of it was pretty specific, and then other it it wasn't all necessarily just artwork from the movies and stuff. It was other weird like droids and ships and shit. Anyway, the story begins when my older sister's boyfriend had just given me his collection of early issues of Marvel Star Wars comics. 
I guess he thought he had outgrown Star Wars or something. So being super stoked for some new Star Wars adventure, I threw out a, I threw a few books in my backpack and took them to school. I was sitting at my desk in study hall period, reading Star Wars number seven at my and my history teacher was the dude who would stand at the front of the room at a podium and make sure there was no bullshit going on. And once in a while, he would walk around and check on people. He walks past me, stops, and looks down to see me reading a comic and says, Chewie, grab a blaster. They've got us surrounded. Of course, this solicited more than a few giggles from my classmates. But to be completely honest, I shouldn't have been embarrassed because the guy was a total dickhead. This is the same teacher that had our entire class assembling wrestling programs when we were supposed to be learning about American history. I guess his commitment as a wrestling coach was more important than us learning shit. Sorry for the long-winded email and indictment of the 1980s public school system, but I guess I just wanted to share this story with you guys. Keep up the great podcasting. May the force be with you, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah. Sounds like he got bullied by a teacher. He did get bullied by a teacher. And that's unfortunate because teachers shouldn't bully. I'd have been uh, like, fuck off. And fuck what he said and fuck the fact that he made you feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Uh, so I have a similar school-related Star Wars embarrassing story that I uh, totally forgot about last week. So in first grade, I remember it was the first Friday of school. Our teacher was like, now next Friday, we're going to do show and tell. And I was like, what the fuck is show and tell? So I went home and asked my parents and my parents were like, that's something where you just take something like a toy or a book or, you know, something and you take it up that you like and know a lot about. And you go up in front of the class and you show it off and you tell about it. I was like, oh, I got just the thing. I had like a little handful of fucking star wars kenner figures like the vintage ones right and i was like oh shit i'm gonna take these and i am gonna be the bell of the ball yes <laughs> right so next friday rolls around and i am excited and you know it, it went in alphabetical order so i was pretty close to the front like maybe second or third right so i got in front of there and i proceeded to act out the entire Star Wars trilogy with action figures. Oh, no. Told the whole story. I was really? like, well, like I, I'd start off, I'd show a figure, and I'd be like, this is Luke Skywalker. He's blah, 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 blah. And I would do the whole, their whole story. And the teacher just let me go. <laughs> and this will fill a day. Right? And so <laughs> as soon as it was over, I went back to my desk, and I was like, fucking nailed it. Kids thought I was real fucking weird, by the way. Oh, no. Because this was, okay, so I was six. This was 89, oh, 88 or 89, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it was the dark times. Right. Right. And next Friday rolls around, and I bring a comic book or something, much like our buddy Jonathan here. Right. Comes to where I should be in show and tell. And the teacher doesn't call my name, skips right over me. I think that's weird. And and I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, maybe I was so good last week that she <laughs> wants to save me till last. Yeah. Like I was the show and tell headliner. I was. Right? Yeah. You you nailed it. You nailed it so hard. <laughs> she was like, she's he's, like, so he's good. got something good for this week. So let's see what that is. It goes all the way to the last person. And then we move on to fucking, you know, math. 
or reading or some shit. And I'm right. like, what the fuck? So I raised my hand, and I remember my teacher's name, Miss Creasy. Oh, wow. I, re- I said, Miss Creasy, you didn't call me for show and tell. And you know what she said to me in front of the whole class? What would she say? You've had enough show and tell for the rest of the year, Halls. <laughs> oh, <laughs> devastated i didn't get to do show and tell for the rest of the year yeah i was show and tell all. banned <laughs> you burned it all in one day she let you do it sounds like she knew she was gonna take it from you while you were doing she was it. like this little motherfucker <laughs> maybe she had a brother when when she was younger that really liked star wars and she was like mm-hmm. i'm gonna crush this dude's love of star wars now you know what i'm gonna do for you Explain this to me all day. You know what? You know what? You no show and tell. No ever. show and tell ever, ever again. Eighty six. And then like so, second grade rolls around and show and tell is the thing again. And I was so nervous. Like I'd get up there and be like, "Uh, this is a picture of my cat. Uh, he's cool. Uh, thanks." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fucking rough, man. Man, that sucks. Okay, so ruined. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is our buddy Joe. Okay, so before we move on to this, do you have an embarrassing Star Wars story or um a I character went to mix? Summer uh <laughs> I guess summer school or academy or something. We had like classes and then like a recreational period. And during the recreational period I would play the Star Wars trading game. Hold on. Card game. Hold on. You went to Summer school. Summer school. But not because... I know for a fact it was not because you had subpar grades the year before. No. And by studying, we made like arts and crafts. It was like... Oh, okay. So it wasn't like you were in there doing math. No. Okay. I was about to say, summer what school, the fuck is wrong was, with your parents sending you to an optional summer school? No, it was like... I think it was like daycare with a lesson. Right. Right. You know, like... Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, go you ahead. Know, for smart kids and... A, I don't know, dude. Who? I don't know. Go, go for it. But we would make all kind of like really artistic things, and uh, but we would have like you know playtime, and uh, we would play the trading card game. I was young, dude. I young, you know, like early middle school or before, right? And uh, I would come back to regular school, and I I got I would get made fun of because I would try to play that with the game, the guys, or you know, like sword fight. We would sword fight. Uh, Luke Skywalker, you lost your hand, you know, like, you know, we would just right. play. And, uh, you know, dudes at school, at regular school, did not want to do that. Like, you're a fucking weirdo. Like, right. we're playing Mortal Kombat and talking about sports. Why the fuck? Who gives a fuck about Star Wars? Like, you're a fucking nerd. I got a lot of that. That was that was my existence. Um, Okay. So our buddy Joe wrote in, and after this email, uh, you should... Um, Give us who you'd like to see crossover. All right, you ready? Yeah. Will and Halls, hello to you and any guests you have. Your last podcast with Jesse was great, and I'm so happy that you're getting emails from so many new listeners. I hope they keep it coming because you're right. Your listeners are the cream of the crop. One of the emails last week, I believe it was from Tomas, asked for your opinions on possible movie titles for Episode 7 and the Han Solo movie. I took a crap at... Huh? I took a crack. I said took a crap at first. I took a crap. No, I took a crack at the titles for the Han Solo movie and am providing my top ten below. I'm sure your listeners can do better, but here goes. 
These are provided in reverse order a la David Letterman's top 10 gimmick. Number 10, Nerf Herder, a Star Wars story. Oh, no. That'd be I'd, I'd like that. Number 9, you could use a good kiss, <laughs> a Star Wars story. Number 8, hey, whose arm does Chewbacca have to break to get a baloney Big Mac around here? A Star Wars story. A Star Wars story. Oh, man, Chewie would get Chewie. Chewie would eat the biggest bologna Big Mac you have ever seen. It would be uh, some weird animal too. It'd be like a, whatever the a, buck, a Bantha Big Mac or something. Ban- Ban- Bantha Big Mac. A Star Wars story. The search for more money. Number six. A Star Wars story. This one bums me out a little bit, Joe. Star Wars story. This movie does not involve Boba Fett. Man, that would be really bummy out if they put that there right in the title. Yeah. At least give me a little hope going into the Han Solo Just movie. Crush you from the beginning. A Star Wars story. Crippled Ghost! Now, that's a good one. Yeah. That's I knew you would one. like it. I'm right from the beginning. <laughs> My future wife's biological father uses a Death Star to kill her adoptive parents. A Star Wars story. That's dark. Number three. My sperm survived carbonite freezing, bitches. A Star Wars story. I wonder if his his little swimmers had carbon uh, had like a hibernation sickness when he woke up, like they weren't swimming so great. I mean, imagine they had to thaw out just like the rest of him. <laughs> you think Han Solo's balls took longer to thaw out than the rest of him? I doubt it. Maybe that's what's wrong with Kylo Ren. Oh, maybe that is what's wrong with Kylo Ren. He came from sperm that was frozen in carbonite for maybe, a year. Maybe carbonite frozen sperm does not yield appropriate children. I love this fan theory. This is in my new quote unquote hand ca- <laughs> head cannon. <laughs> I love this. This may be the best thing you've ever said on the podcast. Oh, whatever, dude. You came back with a fucking vengeance this week. <laughs> that is amazing. A star or uh, number twelve, a Star Wars story, or number twelve, number two, a Star Wars story. I've got your twelve parsecs right here. N- number one, a Star Wars. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll never be as awesome as Kia Kia D Mundy. <laughs> ah. Oh, Joe, Joe and Kia D Mundy. He's keeping that shit going strong. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, did you think of any crossovers? Yoda mm-hmm. and um, Ray. Oh, uh, I wonder if we're even. Dude, if Yoda could meet Ray, I think that would be incredible. The fact that we see Yoda's ghost at the end of Return of the Jedi makes me think it's at least a possibility. Yeah. You know? I'd like to think that, that could it would be, be awesome. So cool. he, if, he's the universal teacher. If Ezra taught, got to meet Yoda. Ray should get to meet Yoda. You know? If you're going to do Force Ghosts at all... Yoda better be part of it. Yeah, I mean, who else would you do other than... I mean, you could do Obi-Wan again, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a logical choice, too. You better do Frank Oz Yoda as long as you got it. Yeah, that is true. I I wonder if that's something they're even going to touch. You know what I'm saying? Force Ghosts? Yeah. So it's sort of a weird thing. It is. A, I know. Uh, we've talked about it. And I know. Yeah. Uh, it's just because, you know, you asked me the cross, you know. The next email is from our buddy Vincent. Vincent is part of the Mandalorian Mercs. 
and he uh, said that they would be stoked to have me as part of the Mandalorian Mercs. I'd be Boba Fat. I know I did that joke last week, but Will wasn't here. Oh, here we go. That's unfortunate. Hey, Halls, Will, impossible guest. Thanks for reading my email last episode, man. That Rogue One trailer was awesome, and those episode eight announcements, wow. I'm sending this on Tuesday. I really hope the celebration announcements are sick. (laughs) Oh, I see what he's saying. So, yeah, no Rogue One trailer that we got to see, buddy. Uh, Episode 8 announcements may come on Sunday, because I think that's when they're having their Future of Star Wars panel, and it's going to have the guys doing the Han Solo movie, and Ryan Johnson's going to be there. Right. Anyways, on to my email. The thought of a Boba Fett film to Amando is extremely exciting. It's extremely exciting to me, too, buddy. Right? Um, Mandalorians are awesome. Currently podcasting with my fancy new... Your fancy new... Boba Fett headphones I got. They are awesome. The endless possibilities of new armor styles, weapons, a Mando theme, or even some Mando mercs appearing in the film would be super rad. I'm not sure if this has been asked, but who would you like to see portray the notorious bounty hunter? I personally have no problem with both Daniel Logan under the bucket with Timora Morrison voicing him. Both have lots of love for Star Wars costume community, and I have to admit that I have a soft spot for them in my Mando heart. I don't want to make this too long-winded, but Halls, the Mercs are a perfect first step into costuming and prop making. See, that's my jam. That's my jam. Making some props. My house would be covered with Star Wars props. All over the walls. You'd have like a... I'd have an armory. You would. It'd be like Batman's armory. Blasters and lightsabers. All over the place. Just from being a recruit on the forums, you have access to hundreds of free tutorials and templates. I know the clan here in Central California has the mantra of, if you buy the supplies and materials, we'll help you build your costume for free. Many of the clans around the world share it. Great episode last week as always. Best Vinny. P.S. Halls, it's good to hear that your junk works, man. P.S. I know it's from, it's from your other podcast, but dude, fuck that guy. Oh, man. Um, so what was his, oh, his question? So, um, I'll say this. I want Tim Moore Morrison to do the voice for sure. Daniel Logan can be in the costume. You know, I'm fine with that. I think, I almost think that in a Boba Fett movie, you go, and I've said this before, you go sort of the way they did with the newest Dr- Judge Dredd movie, and you never even see him without his helmet on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if that's the case, put a stunt man in there and do whatever. I can also see how that's sort of a harder movie to sell, never seeing the main character, except in helmeted form. But fuck it. I would be fine with that. Especially if it's approached the right way. Yeah. Um, You know, if the the question about it is, like with Daniel Logan, the only issue, because I'm a, a continuity guy, and it's not something that I couldn't get over. But if it's supposed to be closer to like episode four or five and he's older, he should look more like Timur Morrison than Daniel Logan. Right. If it's after Return of the Jedi, which is personally where I want it to be, mainly because that would be like, yo, Boba Fett's alive after Return of the Jedi. Right. Um, I would like it to be, if you do see him, I would like you to see Timur Morrison. But that's just because... Um, for continuity purposes. I don't know that it's n- not a possibility that we will see Timur Morrison hand off the 
you know, the original Boba Fett, if it's after Return of the Jedi, see him hand over the mantle of Boba Fett to another character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they become the next Boba Fett. Right. Um, And I could be okay with that if they cast someone really awesome and if that means we get... They've already done it with Han Solo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know they have, but that's... That's a little bit different of a circumstance. We've already had someone cast as a younger Boba Fett. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's still around. That's true. Um, this is this is a little bit different of a circumstance. Um, but if they hand over the mantle, that means we could get Boba Fett for longer. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the original Boba Fett's got to die at some point, if not in the Sarlacc from old age at the very least. And he has like an Australian accent, right? Or is it? Well, he's a. I believe it's Maori. Maori. It, Maori is how it's per, pronounced. I, um, and I think that's from Australia, right? I don't want to say I for no sure idea. and insult I'm being anybody. Ignorant at the moment. Yeah, I don't want to. It's un- not from. But I'm admitting that I'm uninformed. Yeah, it's from being uninformed. It's not anything nefarious, it's, right? <laughs> um. Uh, and, and you know what? Our next email is from a guy from Australia, so I really hope we didn't insult him or any of his friends or we family. We probably just did. Damn it. Sorry, buddy. I'm an ignorant I American. Apologize. I don't know. You want to know? I could look it up real quick, but I feel like that would be being ridiculous. Um, I would like, uh, you know. <laughs> that sounds ignorant. Yeah, it's kind of thrown me <laughs> off now. It's kind of thrown me <laughs> well, off. That's through the email. Um. But yeah, who would you like to see play Boba Fett? I I think you could recast as Boba Fett. As long as the the I don't know, the voice and the mannerisms and that presence stayed the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I know this isn't exactly um a 100% sign that this is what they do, but you know, Timor Morrison does the voice of Boba Fett for Battlefront. He does. Yeah. So that at least makes me think that he's willing to do it and that they're willing to use him and it's kind of like the no eyebrows thing with rebels if you're going to go back and make boba fett and empire sound like Timur morrison then that's what i want him to sound like as long as he's available it's established it's a precedent exactly um but you know if you want him to pass on the mantle post return of the jedi i'm okay with that too there was a rumor going back that someone was writing a script for a new boba fett movie that took place before episode four where boba fett got killed and someone took his armor and took the role of boba fett oh wow the name and i hated that yeah because that's like a yeah, fuck the prequels in that little Boba Fett from Attack of the Clones type thing. So how old is Boba Fett supposed to be in, like, Return of the Jedi? So he's older than Anakin. No. No, he's not. He's older than Luke. Yes. It, how old would you say? He's like 9 or 10 in Attack of the Clones? I can't ever tell. Yeah. So add 20, almost 30 years probably? No, 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 no. Because how long... See, I can't remember <laughs> how long Attack of the Clones is before Revenge of the Sith. Let's just say you add 25 years to that. So he's probably 35-ish in Attack of the, or in A New Hope. By Empire, he's 36-ish. 
or no, no, 38-ish. So he's probably in his late 30s, maybe 40s in Revenge of the Sith or Revenge of the Return of the Jedi. That's the Boba Fett. You know, you're going to have to find a dude late 30s, early 40s yeah. to be Boba Fett. That's, that's why I think, I think it might be more appealing if you if are going to see do... Boba Fett. If you don't see Boba Fett, it doesn't matter to the general audience. If you don't see the guy under the helmet. It doesn't matter to the general audience what he looks like or how old he is if you never see him. Yeah. But if you are going to see him out of the armor or with the helmet off, then I think they'll probably go with a younger Boba Fett movie just so it's not like, hey, come see this old guy. You know what I'm saying? Quote, unquote, old guy. Well, they didn't, I don't know. They didn't use his Works voice for, Iron Man. for all the clones in... Clone Wars? Clone Wars. Yeah, I think that what might have been a, a money thing. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They, they, they didn't have enough money to do that. Or, yeah, that or, or maybe he, maybe he wasn't like, you know, maybe he wasn't willing. Because they're a big part of those shows. There's a lot of clone, you know, dialogue in that show. So that may have had more to do with it than not wanting to use him. Right. And the guy that does D. Bradley Baker does a that does you know those voices does an approximation of that you know yeah i get it you know what i just thought about i don't know why because i always forget that like the clones look like boba fett right and boba fett looks like Django fett right captain rex and rebels like that's that's boba fett could look like that under his helmet he could Absolutely. be bald with a big white beard he could i don't think it is but so that's you got to. Th- well, also there's a difference because the clones had growth acceleration. They did. Yes. Boba Fett did not. So he Boba not. Fett would not look as old as Rex in Rebels. Okay. Sorry, I was just working that out in my head there. Fucking poor listeners this week got to sit here and listen to me do fucking blow Boba Fett live on the mic. Boba Fett. All right. So our next one is from our buddy Mike. Good day, Halls and Will, Good day. or Jesse, or Steele. First up, if you guys ever do come to Australia, I'd lo- love to catch up for a drink. I live about 45 minutes away from Steve Irwin's Australia Zoo. He is talking my language. <laughs> so, Halls, all your fuzzy animal wildlife needs can be found in one place. But, Halls, I got to be the bearer of bad news. Sorry, buddy, but wombats can't be kept as pets. Did you hear the episode I did with Steel while you were gone, Will? You can't keep up with That's what he said. That's sad, right? I haven't listened to it yet. I've did you just say your stepdad had a internet problem? No, you're thinking Wallaby. Internet problems at my home. I haven't heard the Steel that episode yet. That was a wombat. Oh. Well, unfortunately for Steel, I harassed him for about 15 minutes about wildlife in Australia. Because you know me. Like, if I go to a place that's got exotic animals, I think I can become friends with them. Like how you're always telling me I'm going to die because I'm going to try to pet a tiger in yes. the wild. I am one of those people that's like, no, you'll be <laughs> meals on wheels, bro. No, man. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I, I was in the jungles of India. A lion or a tiger. And a tiger was, was like out there. Oh, my. You know in Attack of the Clones when Anakin does like the Jedi mind trick on that animal and hops on its back? Yeah. That'd be me. But I wouldn't be hopping on its back. I'd be getting it to roll over so I could rub its belly and like 
scratch it behind its ears. It'd smell Walter on me and be like, this dude likes cats. We're cool. But that's what I was talking about with steel. Like how I, like if I go to Australia, I'm going to want to like try to hug a kangaroo or a koala or pet a wombat or a wallaby or. (laughs) Or anything. Yeah. But you know, Australia has the most things that can kill you as well. I know. I talked. Well, that was what I brought up because I know the spiders. I need to listen to this episode. I brought it up to steel and I was like, look, I hear there's some deadly ass spiders there, buddy. And he was like, yeah. You live in America and you have guns. I was like, okay, you have a good point, sir. Um, it comes. That's what everybody thinks internationally. Like, you know, everybody's got guns. Well, yeah, not everybody has guns. That's true. I mean, so now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of people have guns. (laughs) There's a lot of people I know that have guns, but. Not everybody. That's has also a gun. sort of a regional thing. It is, know? I believe. Um, but it's not sounding like it in the news lately. No, it isn't. Is not. what's scary. So he um, he says that we can't have a wombat as a pet. Man, I saw this video on um, Facebook. I think it was from like a zoo or something, and they were raising a baby wombat, and it was trying to get its handler to play with them and stuff. Man, it was fucking cute. Man. I love mammals. That sounds awesome. I hate spiders, but I love love, mammals. You really love animals. Yeah, man. It's come up the last few weeks from listener emails. People questioning Kylo's saber skills are rather apparent lack of. So at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'll bring up the logic topic once more. But this time with a more of a pro-Kylo spin and one of TFA's biggest blunders of portraying him on camera. The Force Awakens spends a lot of time establishing how powerful Chewie's bowcaster is, something which shouldn't come as a surprise for anyone familiar with the EU. We see stormtroopers being flung away with explosive force like they've just been hit by a truck. This is shown again and again in an obvious effort effort to demonstrate how brutal, 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 it was brutal, man, brutal, brutal of a hit Kylo takes when Chewie fires at him. This is a detail which so many people seem to overlook in the fight between Kylo and Rey. Here is a man who only took a knee when hit by the monstrous anti-material weapon. A detail which itself shows the strength throwing through, flowing through Ben Solo. In the upcoming fight, he's running on emotion and physical fumes. He's taken a grievous injury which has no doubt shredded his insides. He's just killed his father, and now the dark side is taking its toll on whatever good remained in him. And not to make matters any easier for Kylo, Snoke gave him the order to take Rey alive, which is a very difficult thing to do when he's too out of focus with the Force to simply Force freeze her in place. Now the biggest blunder the Force Awakens made regarding Kylo is that we never got a demonstration of how good he was with the saber when he was at his peak condition. That is true. That is true. The only time we really see him in a full-blown fight with a saber is when he's physically, when he's a physical and emotional train wreck, where any finesse he may have had with the weapon is lost to physical and emotional turmoil. Anyway, that about wraps up my point of view. Somebody's got to stick up for poor Kylo. Cheers, Mike. I mean, he's got a good point. I, uh, he does. 
I also looked up the fact that the Maori people are from New Zealand, and we should not confuse them with an Aussie. Awesome. Uh, I Thank decided you, that we did not My need apologies. to be misinformed. My apologies. Uh, yes, apologies. Uh, but. Kylo's saber skills getting shot by the. That's what I'm saying. Like, Kylo. He is too much of a rager, emotional cop out to really have I the clarity and calmness that it would take to have excellent lightsaber skills. Like, right. I know he's probably good with the lightsaber, but that fl- that comes from clarity, from yeah. like, calm. I mean, I agree, but I think he also has a point that we didn't see him at his best. No, hell you know, no, we didn't. It, just the same way, like, you can say that... He's tormented by a pull to the light and, that and I, he I is know, trying to sever. I know I talk a lot of shit about Kylo, and it's not because I don't think Kylo's a good character. I think he is a fascinating villain for this new trilogy. Like, I think they went in a good uh, direction with him. He just killed Han Solo, man, and I can't let that slide. So I'm going to talk shit about him. I mean, he's clearly the villain. Like, you're the bad guy. That made you the bad guy for life. Killing your dad. Killing Han Solo. Right. Well, our next email is from our buddy Brad. Hey, guys. The other day, and this is this is also very pro-Kylo, but in a very disturbing way. I'll just go ahead and <laughs> warn you. Hey guys, the other day I was looking for an HD GIF of Kylo punching himself. It was a lot harder to find than I thought. In the process, I found my way to the deep, dark parts of Star Wars fandom, and I figured there is no podcast more appropriate to discuss what I found. I present to you Kylo and his lightsaber. And then there's a link to a post on Tumblr. Now when you see that link to a post on Tumblr, you know the shit's about to get weird. Uh oh. Tumblr's a weird place, bro. I mean, there, yeah. It is like the moss. It's like this, the hypersexualized, no moral compass version of. You will never find a more of scum and villainy. So it says Kylo and his lightsaber. We need to have a little chat. And this is the, the Tumblr post. We need to have a little chat about the way that Kylo twirls that fucking lightsaber. Exhibit A. And then he show, it's a gif of him twirling the lightsaber. I don't know about you guys, but the technique makes me fucking hop with joy, man. I want to run a marathon with the adrenaline rush I get by watching him twirl his contraption. Then it's another gif of him twirling the saber. If you say, so far so good. It's just someone that's very passionate about Kylo twirling his saber. You know, whatever. Yeah. I'm passionate about Boba Fett. Yeah. If you say that this doesn't turn you on, you're a lying son of a bitch. Well, you know what? It doesn't turn me on, and I'm being completely truthful. I told a story about a doctor putting his finger up my butt tonight. I don't think I have much to hide. Not, nothing you at all. You lying son of a bitch. Something about this just gets me going. He is in a trance, and he's just so nonchalant about the way he's twirling it. Fuck, fuck, fuck me. Okay? It's getting a little higher in intensity and then it escalates super quickly and ends with i want that lightsaber to be lodged so far up my ass that it comes out of my nostrils good night no it does not yes it does that is not the end of that there's look there's the proof right there my friend (laughs) i want that lightsaber lodged so far up my ass that it comes out my nostrils good night (laughs) oh my god that's inventive. You need to mm, 
Tumblr, man. Oh. Tumblr. Wow. You, uh, this person does realize that it would not be a very pleasurable experience, even if you're into that sort of thing. I, Having a lightsaber shoved up your ass? There would be no such thing. There would be no such ass. Right. You'd be pooping through a colostomy bag. Star Wars colostomy bag. That's vile. <sighs> wow. Shoved. I mean, so, you know, I, I pre-read our emails. Um not for like screening purposes or anything. I just like to know what's coming and, uh, you know, prep any research I may have to do. Although that doesn't really happen that often. I just think get excited when we get emails at blue harvest. And I'm like, I got to read this shit now. So our next one. Oh, but so I pre-read them and I read that the other day and I was like, Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that is only scraping the surface of the shit you can find about star Wars on Tumblr. Right? It's everywhere. Um, our next email is from our buddy King Tom. And this is what he has to say. King Tom has some issues with me. Because last week I said that, um, you know, in response to Joe's question about characters meeting. Right. I said that any Jedi I would like to see meet Kylo and mop the floor with him. And even Kia D. Mundi could, could do it. Right. Well, Tom took a little umbrage with that. I love playing the middle of this fucking Tom and King, uh, King Tom and Joe saga. I love it. The Kia D. I love it, man. So this is what he has to say. Halls, halls, halls. You're my boy. Nine times out of 10, I've got your back. But on an episode 59 of Blue Harvest, you said something completely unacceptable. You said any Jedi, including Kia D. Mundy, could wipe the floor with Kylo Ren's ass. That Kia D. would crack his penis head open after dispatching after the dispatching of Kylo Ren. You should have said any Jedi, except for Kia D. Mundi, could wipe their ass with Kylo Ren. <laughs> and that Kia D. would have fallen and cracked his penis head open getting out of bed. Seriously, <laughs> Halls. Look at his historical pre- precedent. Oh. Kia D. is the Jedi version of Neville Chamberlain, the British ch- Prime Minister, who, as Jerry Seinfeld said, would give you half of Europe if you stuck his head in a toilet. Now, Kia D's cockhead isn't going to fill in, fit in any holes. But what would he say if he saw Kylo Ren? Something probably along the lines of, he's a misun- misunderstood, moody child, not a murderer. <clears throat> Kia D would not confront. He would fre- refuse to see any threat and get owned, and then slip and crack his giant head cockhead open. Anyway, hope you and Will and Jess and anyone else are having a great week. May the force be with you, your pal, King Tom. I don't really have much to say for that, King. King T. King E.T. Neutral. Switzerland. Neutral. I'm Switzerland on this. Joe, you hear this about your buddy, <laughs> Kia D. Mundi? I just like to set this up. What I like is, like, these dudes don't really dislike each other. They, they just really don't. Yeah. I just like that they, both of them, and neither of them really care about Kia D. Mundy. You know what right. I'm saying? Joe even said it when he was on the show. I just like that they are they have firmly set their feet in the ground on this. And anytime they hear someone talk shit about Kia D. Mundy, you better get ready. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, our next one is from it's our buddy, reassuring. Aaron. Whew. Okay. Dear Halls and Will, I hope all is well. From the seven movies, which scenes hold the most emo- emotional weight for you guys? For me, it's Han's death. That scene is very well done, and the acting is great. As I've said in a previous email, I've yet to view that scene without crying. 
A very close second for me is the conversation between Luke and Vader before going to see the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. That scene is just about perfect. You gentlemen have been doing this podcast for a long time. I was curious to know what has been your favorite aspect of doing the show so far. Thanks for reading my emails and putting on a great show for all of your listeners, Aaron. Okay. Most emotional scenes for Star Wars for you. Do you have one? I got a couple off the top of my head. I got, if you need some time. I got a couple off the top of my head. Go for it. Um, the twin sunset with, I mean, that's the first That was going to be my first one, too. This is why we're best friends. <laughs> that, I'm telling you right now. The twin sunset with Luke Skywalker gave the me music. goosebumps. It's still, to this day. Gives me goosebumps. Sometimes I'll even tear up, and it's not like I haven't seen this movie 500 times. Right. There's just some. It's the music. It's 100% the I music. I know it is, but that moment that we're just feeling so exasperated that you know, I got to get out of here. Like I got to, there's, and, and why I know it's the music is because when it's used specifically in the force awakens, it has the same reaction to me, especially when Ray pulls the lightsaber to her and that, and it swells. It's that first big swell. Yeah. Fuck man. It gets to me. It does. It gets to me. Hardcore. Hits you right in the Um, feels. Okay. What's another one for you? Since that one was both one of ours. Um, I had another one, and I lost it because okay, there are so many. You go. Uh, I like in episode three when Mace and his homies are going to confront Sidious, and Anakin's at the temple, and Padme's in their apartment. And once again, the music has a big, big part to play in it. And like they're looking, they're both looking out the window and it's completely silent and you can tell like Anakin's it's one of I'm you know I kind of hate on Hayden every now and then it's one of his better performances and kind of because he's not talking but he does real good job portraying what's going on with just his face you you can tell he's real tortured and like Padme is real worried that part gets to me man I like that part like to me that is like me being like that's it, George. That's that. That is it, George. That's that's good, man. More of that. Like it's awesome. I'll defend that scene. I don't even think it needs to be defended. I think that's a pretty universally. I say that, and then there's going to be people be like, "No, that scene sucks." But I think that's a pretty universally liked scene, or you know, sort of respected scene. And once again, the music is a big part of that. You got one. Um. When Yoda lifts the X-wing out of the bog, that's one—that's a good one too. Um, it doesn't get me in the same way, like cutting some onions, welling up with little tears, little man tears. But it's awesome. That one's a good one. That one affects me. Uh, I mean, just out of all the ones, that one affects me substantially. The uh, the Han Solo Obi Wan passes. You know. Yeah. You know what? I do I do like that scene like I think it's good but the way it's done in the movie like it happens so fast and then like they just move on like there's not enough time for me to it's not explained but you know what I'm saying I feel um, that loss me Obi-Wan too. Kenobi I but you know why though cuz I like the Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. I have a, such an attachment to I don't know why but he's my favorite well, you know my favorite character no, I, not, I totally no, agree. Not everybody else feels that way. Um, no, no, no. I totally agree, man. Um, uh, let's see. What's another one for me? Oh, the Han death. 
definitely. I also like the Luke Skywalker. Uh, I thought he was a myth thing. Like that one's a big one for me. And that's from The Force Awakens. Um, one that's a little more lighthearted is uh, after the attack on Takodana when they all go to Dakar. Mm-hmm. Where the resistance base is. Right. And BB 8 sees Poe Dameron again for the first time, and Poe Dameron sees him, and he's like, BB 8! Yeah. My little buddy! Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's Because that's me and Walter. Yeah. It's me and my cat, Walter. I would put the, the map. Well, when that Han- was about to sound real bad. I was about to say, I'll put the map piece to find Luke Skywalker in, in Walter, but <sighs> he ain't got a port. I'd have to put it up as poor little butt, and I ain't gonna put him through that. No way. I got enough experience with that myself this week. When Han Solo goes into Carbonite, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I like, uh, I, I like in Return of the Jedi when they unfreeze him. When Han Solo comes out, and Carbonite. she's like, he's like, who are, who is this, or who are you? And she's like, someone, someone that loves, loves you. you. That's a good, much. that's a good one. Yeah, man, man, man. What fucking kick-ass movies? We should do a podcast about those. We should. <laughs> Our next like one. We know what we, you know, we, it's like we've seen them a couple times. <laughs> yeah, a couple times. Uh, next one is from our buddy, Jeremy Allen. The Space Barbarian. The space Barbarian. Halls and Wills. I don't know why I put a plural at the end of Will, because he didn't write that. Because I don't know. It's because we got a lot of emails this week, and I'm not used to reading this many. Halls and Will. I love you guys as always. I was wanting to make a sweet shirt design with Will crushing ass and Halls with Walter White in in his lap and a speech bubble above saying, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But for the fun of all the blue (laughs) harvesters... That's perfect. But for the fun of all the blue harvesters out there and the rogue wieners, I think we should start a drinking game. Every time Halls busts out, you know what I mean? Or you know what I'm saying? Take a shot. Next time on the podcast, I'm on the podcast. I'm making you guys play. And a double whenever Will falls for a crippled ghost joke. You're welcome. The Barbarian Abides, Jeremy Allen. So He's such a good dude. That, that uh, I realize, I could add another phrase to the drinking game. I like Because so, I have to listen back every week to both shows. Right. There's three phrases. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And... <laughs> But what do I know? But what do I know? And you know, I realize that's a defense mechanism. Anytime I go for my own little Star Wars theory, try to dip my toe into the, oh, this is what I think about Star Wars. Yeah. I always end it with, but what do I know? Because I don't want people to be like, you're fucking dumb. Right. Fuck you and your stupid theories. So I always got to be like, oh, but what do I know? I'm just a fucking idiot. It's I'm okay, man. Stupid Have guy. your theories and fuck everybody. I know. I just... I'll have to say, like, I I can tell personally I've gotten better because, um, and I just did it. I don't say um as much as I used to, and I also don't nervously clear my throat. That used to bother the shit out of me when I was first editing the podcast and stuff when we first started. Right. Because I'd notice, like, every few minutes I'd be like, man. But I've gotten a little better about that. Oh. We totally forgot to answer Aaron's other question about what the f- our favorite thing about doing the podcast has been so far. And uh, I've got a easy answer to that. It's meeting so many fucking cool Star Wars friends through the podcast. That has been the best thing. Fucking Johnny, Nick, 
fucking Evan, Joe, King Tom, Aaron, fucking uh, I, I don't Tomas. I don't want to if I'm missing anybody. I'm trying to go through the whole one. I'm like someone. You know, I'm saying Brad, our new buddy Brad, that's recently started re- uh, writing in Vinny the Mandalorian <laughs> and fucking uh, uh, Elaine from Elaine Twitter and and, and right and. I don't. If we're leaving anybody out, it's not because we don't like you. It's just because there's been a lot of them, surprisingly a lot. And then, not to mention people like the making people Star Wars dudes for and, stickers. Yeah, exactly. Our buddy Dylan from Wisconsin that taught us how to make the delicious sour old fan- fashion. Our fddylan from uh, Oliver. Oliver. Oliver, you buddy. Almost left out I, Oliver. I, uh, Oliver. I'm sorry, buddy. It's nothing personal. It's just. There's so many Our new Aussie friends that yeah. wrote in. Yeah, man. There's so many people from somewhere. Chris, our buddy and thank Chris you Lilly. to all of you for listening. Yeah, man. We really appreciate every download. Um, and we really appreciate that you like what we do. And that's my favorite part of the podcast is that my my conversation with my best friend in the world and the one thing we love the most is Star Wars. And that's what we... And, uh, yeah, man. Getting to meet to so many... To be able to just talk to my best friend about that and know so many people enjoy that yeah and that we can connect on that level with them as well i hear you buddy so yeah everybody that's listened right wrote in talked to us on twitter you know i've literally only had problems with one person and they're not even a star wars fan they like to act like they are but they're not they're just a fucking troll gabriel the troll um so our uh, our last email is from our buddy Vader Nick. Vader Nick. Speaking of cool, kick-ass Star Wars friends we've made. Ha cha 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 cha. Ha cha 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 cha. And by the way, he sent us this email, and he was like, "By the way, I didn't send this to any other podcasts." Oh. And I was like, Nick, if you really want to send it to some other podcasts, you can, man. You just just busting your balls a little break bit. Break your balls. You're our buddy, and we get to break your balls. <laughs> Hello, Halls, a.k.a. the Red-Eyed Jedi, and Will, a.k.a. Ass Crusher, Window Smasher, Will. Yep. If Jessie is around, let her know that she was great in Will's absence. I was, You know what? I got to say, uh, the reaction to Jessie being on last week has been really nice. It's incredible. I was, li- I was glad to see people really like it, because she gets nervous about it. And like when we got done, I was like, you know what? I think people are going to really like that. In and the sure windows enough, of internet did. I get at work, I saw it blow up on Twitter, and I was like, that's fucking awesome. I hope to be on again very soon, as I have some lingering thoughts about the wars that I need to get off my chest. That sounds heavy. And also, Nick, uh, you were supposed to be on last week, but no, your family's more important. Oh, no. He's got to know I'm joking (laughs) there, right? Like, Nick, I'm totally joking. It's totally understandable. But yes, you will be on again. We'll get it all scheduled up. These things happen. My question this week is, if you could sit Uncle George down for one question, yes, just one, and he had to answer truthfully whatever you asked, what would said question be? Now, I realize the potential for funny Ashley Madison questions here, but seriously, you got one question to ask the maker. What's it going to be? Your biggest fan and bro shack for life, Vader Nick. P.S. I've noticed a few fans of the show attempting to tag me in tweets on Twitter. Don't forget to add the 84 at the end. I'm sure whoever v- at Vader Nick is on Twitter appreciates the added publicity, but it's not me. At Vader Nick 84. So what would you ask George Lucas? He does not want you to get that confused. 
Well, you know, the man's trying to make a brand for himself. I understand. I just it's was important. making. I was reinforcing his point. Yeah. So, do you have a question you would ask George? Um, what I would ask George? No, man. Is there anything I can get you? Like, can I, <laughs> can I get you something? Like, <laughs> I was thinking. What about can I this do for you, buddy? You like, know, was, you've done all you could for me. Like, what can I? You know, like I was trying to think of this too, and I was like, you know, the normal questions come up: How big are your balls? <laughs> Did Darth Vader get his dick burned off? But then I thought of one, and I was like, you know what? This would be awesome because it's a question that would set up, I think, a long conversation. Not even a conversation, just me sitting on the floor as he talked like a, a student. My question for George Lucas would be, what would have your storyline have been for the sequel trilogy? And then I would want him to outline the entire, his entire vision for the sequel trilogy. Yeah, for him to tell you what he would like to see. What he would have done. In detail. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good one. Because hopefully that would lead to a a decent... And then just um, to hear. Like, even though we're not getting it, I would just like to hear. Right. You know? Man. That was a tough one for me to think of, like a serious one. Um, Because there's so many other things I could ask him. Is Boba Fett alive? Did (laughs) Boba Fett survive the Sarlacc pit? That's what you'd ask him. I mean, I, no, I would ask the other one because just because the thing is, the unfortunate thing is, is if George said, yeah, he's alive, he survived, that doesn't necessarily make it so. Because if Disney is like, nah, he's dead, then that unfortunately supersedes George being like, nah, he's alive, you know? You Next look. question. Do you think George Lucas actually entertains questions about Star Wars and Star Wars... Just from average like shows? Lore from av- Wouldn't even anyone, you know, like... Yeah, I don't know. That's the one thing, like, if it, let's say I'm just at Starbucks and George Lucas is in there. And Sitting next to him on an airplane. It's dirt. Oh, now First that's... class, obviously, but... Yeah, he's not flying coach <laughs> in the fucking exit row with me. You know what I'm saying? Right. No. You're in no. first class with him. Yeah. And your reclining bed chairs. I got like a nice cocktail, maybe an old right? fashioned. And you're bullshitting about Star Wars. What does he let you talk about is the question. How far can you talk about it? How deep are mm. you allowed to go? Right. Yeah. Him and his dirty ass dad shoes. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, so let's say it's a two hour flight. It would probably take me an hour and a half into the flight for me to get the nerve up to be like, hey, man. Uh, Mr. Lucas, uh, can I uh, say something to you? Uh, in your universe that you created that I adore so much. <laughs> uh, can I um, show you my leg that's covered in Star Wars <laughs> tattoos? I love you so much. Can I just touch your beard? <laughs> oh, man. It's a terrifying... Like, now that I sit here and think about actually having to ask George Lucas a question, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, I'm getting a little bit of anxiety. Anxiety. Like... Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't want to ask George a question. But I do. Of course, I couldn't turn up that opportunity. Right. <sighs> do you have a question you would think to ask him? Besides, can I get you anything? <laughs> uh, I guess it's it's kind of along the same... Same line, but to outline the, the progression of the Jedi. Like, 
you want to know the full history of the Jedi. Yes, from, from George's mind. Yes, from beginning to end, from George's mind. Um, okay, here's a quick. We'll end before we go. You're a professional chef. I am. You get a call. George Lucas is staying at a rental house in Birmingham. Okay. He wants you to come make dinner for him. Yeah. No, he's got no food allergies. He's down for anything. He's a man of many tastes. You make up the menu. You are in charge of making up, let's say, an appetizer. Oh, no, Hoss. A salad, a main, a dessert. Four courses. Four courses. For George Lucas. For George Lucas? For George Lucas. I couldn't. I guess I could. And, like, this is a question I can't answer because... Like, I suck at cooking. I do. Like, I wish I was better at it, but it's just not a skill I have. Somehow, I fuck it up almost every time. Um, I would mandolin some radishes and mm-hmm. mandolin some carrots. Now, what? We'll go in. This is your appetizer? This is the salad. Okay. The appetizer, then the salad? We'll yeah. do the salad first. Okay. Mandolin, and, some radishes, and some carrots. And uh, I would take the. the Ooh, mand- and a soup dish. Oh, dude. Five courses. Soup, salad, No, it's not. Mandolin, radishes, and carrots. Um, I would take some local greens, some mandolin, some radish rounds, poke some holes out of them so they'd be little Death Stars. And, uh, so it would be Star Wars themed. Yeah. Okay. The salad, at least, is going to. I'm going to get it all in on the salad, and the rest will just be food. Okay. Um, because I can do that with the different vegetable, fresh vegetables. Uh, and then I would take carrots and mandolin them long ways and make X-wings out of them and drop those only on the salad at the end. But I would do some local greens with a nice vinaigrette, uh, some shallots, some onions, um, a couple of nuts. It doesn't matter. Like, if he has These no nuts. allergies, then... <laughs> no, no food allergies. No food allergies. Like, you can literally make whatever. Like a little there's bit no of goat lim- cheese, you okay. know, and then my my X-wing and Death Star garnish. Um, I would make a uh, beer and cheese soup uh, with some sort of dark beer and some sort of potent white cheddar cheese uh, and some croutons to garnish. Um, My entree would be some sort of sous vide steak uh, seared in a hot cast iron skillet with a lot of salt and pepper. Um, Cook the perfect medium rare and all the tender juice is still left in it. What's on the side of that steak? Um, some blue cheese mashed potatoes. Blue cheese mashed potatoes. Blue I like it. Blue cheese mashed potatoes, yeah. And a couple of grilled asparagus spears. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like it. a horseradish crema on top of uh-huh. your sliced steak. And then for dessert, we would do uh, probably nitroglycerin frozen ice cream on a blackberry tart or a blackberry cobbler or something something cool like that wow see that's what i was looking for i knew you'd go impressive you did skip the appetizer course did i skip the appetizer what's the appetizer red and green spring rolls uh one is mainly red bell pepper and the other one is mainly scallions and and green peppers you're missing out not making those fucking dumplings that and, you make but it's i was going for another star wars theme uh-oh i was trying to get it all out in the beginning if you do the star wars theme you cannot try to 
drag it out over like a the whole, whole meal because it'll the meal would get boring. You're gonna have to you know blow your Star Wars load in the middle of, uh, at the beginning and then be all right. The rest is a is an experience. <laughs> I, th- I threw you for a loop with that one. You did. I should and you have to wrap the dessert has to have something Star Wars. You have to finish with Star Wars. Well, I think you fucking nailed it there, buddy. Um, and I think that'll about do it for this week. Before we go, do a couple little uh, plugs for some friends. First up, if you like our theme song, you should check out Stone Cobra's new album, Armed and Hammered, available on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. It's only five bucks. Five. And it's awesome. Secondly, our buddy Steel, who filled in for Will while he was away. Which I really appreciate. Is currently at Star Wars Celebration, and he is releasing a podcast every day. So if you can't make it to Celebration, but you still want to feel part of it, you can just fire up his feed and download a podcast every day, covering everything. And his first one came out today, and it was awesome. Awesome. I'll have to listen to it. It was from this uh, the Celebration Preview Night yeah. that went on, I guess, Thursday. So, yeah, give that a, uh, uh, give that a spin. And um, I think that's about it. Thanks for coming and recording with me, buddy. It's good to have you back. You know, I love it, and I love to be back. It was fantastic. For Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. (laughs) 